0: This week's episode of On Comedy Writing is brought to you by BarkBox.com. You can get one free extra month of BarkBox at BoardLockAudio.com slash BarkBox. Now, the good people of BarkBox have asked me to do the ad as if I was a poodle, um, so I'll do my best. Established in 2011, BarkBox is committed to making dogs happy like me, and they work with local independent businesses to achieve this. Well, I don't care about that because I'm a poodle. For humans, uh, all right, I'm not listening, but for humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. I don't know what that means. I'm a poodle. I don't care. For dogs, here we go. My ears are perked up. BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. Now, that's something I relate to as a poodle. I think that's um, one of the best feelings you can have is not only one belly scratch, but a million, and I like that. Um. For you, the listeners who want comedy writing, what is that? I don't care. I'm a poodle. I only watch Animal Planet, right? Or, um, YouTube. God, what a poodle to watch. YouTube. BarkBox is offering an opportunity to receive one free extra month of BarkBox at BarkBox.com. I like that. Mention the features and benefits of BarkBox.com. Oh, I already did that. Okay. To receive one month free, go to BoardWalkAudio.com BarkBox. Again, that's BoardWalkAudio.com BarkBox to receive an extra month of BarkBox for free. As me, a poodle, I love it. Bark, bark.
1: This is a boardwalk audio podcast. On comedy writing, on comedy writing.
0: Thanks for downloading this episode of On Comedy Writing, the podcast about the business and craft of writing comedy. I'm your host, Alan Johnson. We've got a great episode, but first, the best way to support the show is by going to boardlockaudio.com oncomedywriting. Click the Supporter Artist button, shop at Amazon like you normally would, and I get a little kickback. I just brushed my teeth, and uh, I believe there's a little bit more liquid in my mouth, and I think you can hear it. Um, so my apologies, but there's only 30 more seconds until the episode starts, and I had no liquid in my mouth then. This week's guest is River Clegg, who's contributed for The Onion and Clickhole and now writes for The Opposition. He's a really funny guy and an extremely nice man who read a sketch of mine for the sketch pitch segment. Wow. If you want to read that sketch, and I explain a little bit more about uh, about it when it comes up in the episode, uh, it was originally a pitch to Scott Aukerman, who did not like it, which I guess uh, was referenced in the latest Michael Goldenberg episode, but if you want to read the sketch, go to on oncomedywriting.com on twitter and will be in the reply to the tweet about this episode so what, what a fun little what a fun little thing i'm doing uh so thanks river for reading it and uh thanks for coming on the show because it's a really good episode so here is river clegg
1: river thanks for coming on the show absolutely thanks for having
0: me uh where are you from originally
1: i'm from new hampshire originally a small town called ware Coldware? Yes, this is uh this is exactly how my first conversation <laughs> with everyone goes. It's, um it's spelled W E A R E and it's uh oh, okay. It's very woodsy, very rural. <laughs> yeah. yeah. New
0: Hampshire is like it's either very woodsy or very um I don't know. It's, it's very woodsy. <laughs> yes. Fair I, but there's like some sort of I guess I have a weird connotation with New Hampshire where I think of like I guess like um frat people or something oh really that is that happen. wrong
1: well i don't know i mean i um is dart dartmouth's I'm, in new hampshire dartmouth is maybe in that's new why East. i think yeah.
0: of that because dartmouth i guess is very
1: fratty that could be um, <laughs> I don't it know. is very uh it's very uh, i don't know um i a lot of people say they they hear it's uh very libertarian leaning mm. which i guess is true but i didn't really have much understanding of that growing up exactly
0: so. right uh when did you first get like interested
1: in comedy like watching it anything <laughs> Um, I've always been interested in it. I, uh, like since I was a kid, I, uh, I remember Monty Python was probably the first like thing I I watched as a kid and it was sort of understood to be comedy. I've, I've loved that ever since. Um, I, uh, I think I remember, I remember, uh, for Christmas one year when I was a kid, I got George Carlin's first book and he was sort of the first like person I understood to be a comedian who I wanted to get into. And, uh, it just, sort of went from there Uh, I loved the Far Side cartoons too those were like super I still think those are very funny I love reading those Um, so I've always sort of been into it Um, but and then when I was in college is when I sort of started trying to pursue it more seriously Mm -hmm. Uh, George Carlin
0: is interesting
1: because like the things I've um
0: have seen of his I wouldn't necessarily classify as like very funny but like more
1: social commentary Um, so well I don't know. I mean, he's—he was so prolific. I, there's still a, probably a, a lot of his material that I haven't heard. He—he he definitely, you know, he, to, like, toward the '90s, I guess, he uh, started getting like more. Uh, I don't know if this is true, but my impression is that he got more sort of caustic and more sort of, you know, he did—he was doing stuff about the Iraq War. And, right. Death penalty stuff and all the abortion um, and but for me he always did a pretty good like very good job of, of keeping stuff f- uh, funny um, yeah. you know as he was as he was talking about my favorite one of his was back in town I think that was the the was one when he opens up about his whole uh, pro-life attack on on sort of pro-life uh, mm. position and he uh i, I th- for me that's like my favorite one of his yeah. that that whole that whole special I thought was very good.
0: Uh, and so you said you got into comedy, um, when you went to college, you started performing or...
1: yeah, um, I did, I did a little theater in high school, but I never really did any comedy performing. I, I started doing, um, I joined the humor magazine, uh, in college. And then when I was a, uh, junior, toward the end of my junior year, they, the the up comedy group started by an older class, uh, someone in the class ahead of mine. Um, and so that's when I started doing stand-up trying it at all and um that was you know a lot of fun sort of trying to trying to get sort of a different um sort of exercise on muscle that i hadn't done before which was fun
0: were you um did you find yourself like immediately
1: like taking toward it to it um well i don't know it's definitely hard uh it's it's always like every every time i i would do any sort of comedy Every time I thought I was doing really well, I, you know, I would I would do something that wouldn't work, and I would be like, "Oh, you know, I, I thought I had it, or I thought I had it down, or whatever." Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's probably common for everybody, right, you yeah. know, at whatever level. But, um, but I did, you know, it was fun because I did notice myself, you know, I, at least I I thought I was, you know, I was learning more about how to do it and stuff, so that was encouraging. Mm-hmm. Like the more I did it, did were you? Would you say you were like good going out or like? <laughs> no, well, I mean, it's it's funny because like I started when you start stand up in college it's a little bit of a different environment than you do in the real world cuz you're surrounded by friends and or at least people who are you know I- interested in laughing and want to you know they want to be more supportive than you might encounter just you know doing open mics and stuff in the city um so so it was definitely i was lucky to have sort of a supportive environment starting out with stand up but it never like stand up was never the th- thing that i sort of focused entirely on like e- even when it's been a while since i've really done much stand up now but um back when i was doing it more regularly there were still people who did it so much more than than i did i, I always kind of saw it as a way to like meet other people in comedy and to sort of exercise that performance and writing muscle that i couldn't really do otherwise uh, mm-hmm. but there there are people who go out and do mics every night or five nights a week or something i i never did that i was <laughs> i i was i liked doing it but i didn't have the energy or the desire to do it that much you know because i was trying to do other writing too and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to keep it all balanced which was difficult
0: (laughs) and then like open mics are just like a very like kind of a sad place to be (laughs) and to like hang out
1: i don't know um it all depends i think like sometimes you it definitely can be yeah um but other times it can be really energetic and and you know feel like you're sort of part of the community mm-hmm. uh i think it just it just always varies i think but it definitely has that reputation sometimes you know to mm-hmm. be just a bleak place <laughs> especially as it gets toward the end and nobody's there <laughs> and
0: and you mentioned you um you worked on the your college's humor yes uh, humor, humor magazine or newspaper
1: yeah yeah it's called the Yale record
0: the, oh yeah okay Yale record. uh was that like an onion style thing
1: um, sort of it, it was sort of like a uh, part of uh there there was like a sort of fake news you know quote unquote element to it sort of an onion style news satire part of it uh but then there were also more like conceptual style pieces like um you know like like sort of McSweeney style conceptual things uh which so it was a fun mix and it was a good way to sort of to sort of meet uh meet other people who are interested yeah. in comedy and To whatever level you know
0: how do you like um mix that like in one thing you know like when you have like some fake news some other stuff
1: um well it's each um sort of how we did it was each issue has like a theme that uh uh, that sort of we we would try to uh I was never one of the. They're called the Big Three at the at the record. There's like three sort of uh, students who sort of are <laughs> in charge of the thing, yeah. and then there's sort of various lieutenants or whatever, and then there's people who are just contributors. And you know, I I was. There. They're, called the, the <laughs> they're called the Big Three. They're called the Big Three. There's probably a lot of politics think. with that. <laughs> I mean, there might be some. It's like it sounds more sinister than it is. It's more just like I, I'm, there's the chair, the editor, and the uh, publisher. I think is is what they all are. So they sort of are the one the student. They're usually juniors and uh they're the ones who are sort of in charge of like okay this thing's got to actually get published you know and then i was a man uh, i think the highest i made it was managing editor uh not like i was angling for a big job or whatever like that but um i was uh, but for most of the time i was just a contributor and would hang out and pitch jokes and stuff um so each issue though would have a theme and uh the idea was each most of the stories would um sort of relate back to it one way or the other so you know there's like the uh, of course now i can't remember any of them you know <laughs> there's like the, i think the conspiracy issue was one of them i think that oh, was maybe fine. maybe before my time but you know things like that the uh relationships you know we, we did several issues that all sort of glanced at different aspects of relationships that kind of thing um so uh i think one of them, I think the latest one, like I, I just saw one, one of the new ones they put out. I, I think it was like the Corporate America issue or mm-hmm. the corporate. It, it was something about being. It was something about Corporate America and the cover. I remember thinking was very funny. It was two. Um, it was like uh, it was a cartoon of two um, cogs like in a machine. Just but they're they've got arms and legs and they're standing by a water cool or talking to each <laughs> other. So I remember thinking that was funny, um, but. So, yeah, they, and then sort of the news elements, which sort of, you know, the you the, know actually, I'm not even sure. I feel like at a certain point, maybe they stopped doing full articles and it maybe just became fake news style headlines. Mm. Uh, I can't remember now, but, um, you know, the, the content generally tries to relate to the theme. But then, of course, there's also just evergreen stuff that goes in. Right. Um, and a lot of it obviously relates to, like, student life, too, because that's you know, the audience that is consuming it, so...
0: And so uh, what was your, your major at Yale during this time? Uh, history. History. Oh, that's interesting. Do you find that like being very useful?
1: Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, I was uh, I was like very much toward of the liberal arts, like humanities um, sort of direction. So I, you know, it's not like I was going to be an engineer or something like that where, uh, I don't know if this is true, but my impression was always like, if, if you're going to do a, a job like that, your your major is quite important. But if you're mm. more in like the... If you're not good at that stuff, you know, like the way I'm not, you uh, it, you know, I, I, so I sort of, I thought about political science for a while and philosophy and humanities and things like that, but I ended up going with history because there's a really good department there. And it's also, I think it's the biggest, uh, I think it's the most, com- most popular major. So there were a few classes I really wanted to take. And I was like, I, if I'm a major, it'll be easier to do that basically. So um, that was one reason I took it, but it was also just, you know, I'm interested in history. I thought it was fun. And so,
0: um, when did you decide that? Like, when did you kind of think, oh, comedy could be a thing for me?
1: Um, well, I remembered, uh, um, sort of when I was a student, I didn't know what I wanted to do in college for a long time. I thought about being, thought about trying to pursue being a lawyer for a while. Uh, I've had people in my family have been lawyers. Um, my wife now is studying to be a lawyer, um, I, I think the law is very interesting. I, I, one of my favorite classes was constitutional law. Um, but then, as I got older, I uh, more involved in writing comedy and stuff. I was like, you know, why not try it? You know, you can always, if it doesn't work out, what's the worst that can happen? You go do something else. And I'd, I'd rather try it now than, than regret not trying it later on. So um, I, I remember, though... Um, uh, you know McSweeney's um, and the editor Chris Monks came to give like a talk that the 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 magazine sort of hosted him the humor magazine hosted him for a talk and he came and I didn't really know what McSweeney's was before that and then he I sort of got reading the the. You know, I got reading the website after meeting him. He was a really nice guy. And um, then I, I pitched – or didn't pitch. I submitted a piece to him that was very weird. It, speak, this is one example of history sort of playing a role. It it was uh, – I submitted him this piece that was about – like a first-person account by this uh, Civil War general, George McClellan, who um, was famous for prolonging the Civil uh, yeah. War by – do you know this?
0: I, th- I th- he, he like <laughs> – i don't
1: know like, you go ahead <laughs> no no I, I mean you might know it it's i i don't um I, I i had taken a civil war class recently so that's the reason i knew yeah. it but he he's the guy who he was a northern general hated that he and lincoln didn't get along at all and he kept not finishing the job right. you know he kept not wanting to um be as aggressive as as i guess he needed to be to, to actually win the war um so my piece was about him, but he was in charge of a, a group of, um, kids like playing capture the flag. And he was just okay. totally prohibiting them from going after the flag at all. Yeah. Um, and that, that was essentially the, the, in, in, I don't know. And <laughs> looking back on it, I'm like, is this funny at all? I have no <laughs> idea. But at at the time I wrote it and he accepted it and I was like, okay, awesome. The, the, that was a really big deal for me. Uh, it's hard. Um, and So that was, that honestly was one of the things that gave me a little confidence to try to, um, to try to pursue it more. And then of course I submitted like it was almost exactly two years before I got another one in. And, um, and it was not for lack of trying. I I submitted him a lot and he was like, he, he writes very nice rejections, but he kept rejecting them. And I was like, Oh, maybe that was a fluke, but I just kept trying it and eventually eventually started learning how to get learning how to write that style of piece with more uh, a little more reliability so so in,
0: in the comedy world there's so much rejection how do you how do you deal with that <laughs>
1: um it's yeah that's a good question it's all so, it is always hard um it's never never easy mm-hmm. i don't think i mean you get more used to it i think but it's you know like every time it's it's it uh you just don't don't take it personally is it but that's easier it's not even easier said than done cuz if you even if you don't take it personally you still feel bad about it it's not like oh my editor doesn't like me right. you know it but it is like oh i thought this was good and it, and uh, you know the, the person in charge didn't you know that always feels bad but um so it's it's just something you have to you get better at it but i feel like you can only get so good at it you know yeah.
0: it's weird i was thinking about this uh, recently it's yeah. like with, like, writers and, like, actors, yeah. they're constantly, like, have to apply for jobs. Basically, yeah. like they have to audition or they have to write packets. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's so weird to think, like, like my dad, he's just, like, worked the same job for, like, years. He's, like, hasn't had to do – hasn't <laughs> had to work about that forever, which is so weird.
1: Yeah. and But then there's always, like, you know, there's – like, you write something and even if – I don't know. There's – there's little mini rejections all the time in comedy mm, course, too, yeah. because it's like every every joke you write under any circumstance could fail, and then you know it's, it's rejections on all levels. Right. So the idea is you just try to, or at least I just try to move past it or focus yeah. on the next focus on the next thing. But, and so uh, you've how'd you get involved with the Onion? Because uh, cool. I loved the Onion. That was that was another early piece of con- like early sort of comedy outlet that I was, uh, exposed to as a kid. They, they were, um, probably like a lot of people are, I, I knew who the, I knew what the onion was when I, like in sort of the late nineties. Uh, but I remember their like nine 11 issue, um, an older cousin who brought it home from Chicago and where, where she uh, lives. And, um, she brought the, you know, hard copy of that issue back. And I read it and it just, blew my mind it was so funny so smart um and i i think after that my mom bought me like a subscription that i kept had for a while so i just had a lot of paper copies of the onion just showing up and um i just read it a lot i uh tried i, I was i forget how old i was but there was one point where i made a onion of my own i i oh, really uh, construction paper i uh like Drew the masthead and wrote articles for wow. stuff so. um, Do you remember? What, do you remember the headlines? <laughs> yeah, I remember. Um, <laughs> I don't know, like That's the look <laughs> of someone who doesn't want to say these out loud. <laughs> no, I I only remember the one. But so when I was a kid, this is still the case. I I, I was obsessed with the Beatles. I, they're my favorite band. I controversial opinion, I know, <laughs> um, but I was a big fan of them. I was probably in like eighth grade or something, and I the headline was something like. Um, the the Beatles representing the first and only time uh popular opinion was right about something <laughs> um so this, that was the joke essentially that's a pretty good headline oh, for, i mean i don't know how old you were but that's, that's like not bad <laughs> thank you um that's nice of you so that that was the idea it's, well, like, it's got the it's got like the take
0: in it so yeah, I mean, right. that makes sense yeah, yeah right. i'm sure um, when I, if i did that when i was i don't know how old you were if i was a kid and i was yeah. doing that it would have been pretty rough <laughs> um
1: Yeah. So thank you. Um, so I remember doing, so I was always very into the onion. Uh, and when I was in college, um, there were some older, uh, there were a couple, a couple guys who had graduated by the time I was doing this, but I knew them just sort of through the network of, of people like alumni from the magazine and stuff. And they had had this, um, editorial internship at the onion that they, I don't know if they, I don't know what their internship situation is now, but at the time they did an internship every summer, you know, uh, so I applied for it and I got, uh, interviewed They they gave me some tips on how to put together my cover letter and stuff. And, uh, I got interviewed. I d- didn't end up getting the job though. And I was really bummed about that. And then, um, I was talking with, uh, one of these, um, I was talking with my friend, Mike Gerber, who actually now publishes a humor magazine called The American Bystander which I don't know if you've heard of it but it's kind of like a a new throwback old school sort of you know sort of like National Lampoon style humor magazine I I don't know enough about the Lampoon to say how similar it is but it's he's got love for the sort of old medium of of, tr- of humor magazines that that are you know physical and um so anyway, I was talking with him and he was like uh he's he, he was sort of an alumni, sort of overseer and guide and that sort of thing for the magazine. And I got to know him and he suggested, he, he's like, oh, so anyway, um, I was talking with him. I was telling him that the magazine's taking this New York trip that they take every year. And uh, one of the places we were going to visit was the um, Onion offices. And I was like, I don't, I was talking to him. I said, I don't want to go because uh, I'll be too depressed because uh, I just, <laughs> I was just there last weekend or whatever. And they, you know, I failed to get this job that I really wanted. And so he's like, oh, you should go because, um, you know, what your, your career won't be determined by whether you ever publish anything with The Onion. What matters more is if you just sort of show up and... Um, you know, just be nice, show up and be nice. was essentially what he said. So I was like, okay, I'll go. And then I I went and I got talking with this guy who was my age, who was working in the um, the graphics department. And I was talking to him and he was like, oh, maybe you can apply for an internship in my department. This is not as competitive. And uh, I was like, oh, I don't know anything about graphics. He said, it doesn't matter. It's basically, you're just doing a lot of image searches and that kind of thing. So I applied for that and I did end up getting that. So that allowed me to like be in the offices that summer. And um, then I just started like writing headlines and basically sending them to, to writers, you know, un, unsolicited. That was sort <laughs> of the, that was sort of the unspoken way you do it back then. I think, you know, that cause I had heard a lot of people who were writers and that's how they had done it. So I was like, well, okay, I'll, I'll just do it until they ask me not to basically. And like, they were nice about it and they gave me some feedback and eventually I became a contributor um, through, you know, just by doing that basically.
0: So uh, you would be someone who would recommend just like getting a job in the company no matter what job it is, I guess. Oh, um,
1: I, I mean, probably. I think yeah. a lot of people do that. I, I, that seems to be the path a lot of people take. If if you, um, I don't know. I mean, that, that was how, where I happened... Uh, that, that was the place I was, but it, it you know, it's, if you it just, is all about networking. I think the more people, you know, networking's a weird word, but it, right. you know, you're just meeting people in the, in the world that you want to be, be in. Um, and the more people, you know, the more opportunities will, are likely to come up and the more you'll learn and all that. So I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh,
0: so when you're a contributor, how would you come up with headlines?
1: Um, I spent a long time putting them together each week and I would, for a while I would send my um, I, w- I would send my list to like friends and, and and people who had done it before and be like what do you think of these how how the uh, what do you think of these wordings how uh, could they be shortened uh, you know I try to uh, try to read the onion a lot obviously and then see what sorts of things I could learn from how the headlines that they do publish and then actually a, a friend of mine Evan waite who I, I don't know if you know him he's a he was right on the President show, and I was on Kimmy Schmidt.
0: Former guest of the show. Oh, I was gonna say. Yeah.
1: I, I was gonna say you should have him on yeah. if you haven't. Anyway, um, he he and I were contributors at the same time, and we would send each other our lists for feedback. So that was helpful too, um, just because another set of eyes is always good. But I would, you know, you just it's a lot of it is really just kind of like brute force, just sitting down and trying mm. to write a lot of stuff, and then pare it down that was always the advice i got just like write in bulk and then cut down to your favorites and try to try to fine-tune the ones you like try to fine-tune the wordings and see what works best and i, um, I remember trying to always keep my headlines to 10 words or, or fewer because that was uh, I, I noticed that that was kind of a pattern they, they mm. often didn't if it's longer than that it should probably have a reason to be longer than that was my what i sort of noticed um so yeah but just you know, reading the news, trying to think just just the way you write any comedy, just trying to think about think about ideas and see what you think is funny.
0: Mm-hmm. What are the the hallmarks of a good headline to you? Uh,
1: I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, for me personally, my um, you know my favorite headlines are sort of all over the place. And my my all time favorite Onion headline it was from the maybe 1998 or something, and it's the one. Um, it's the uh, everyone involved in pizzas preparation, delivery, consumption, extremely high, <laughs> and it's got this really <laughs> funny triptych picture of three guy. One guy's making the pizza, one guy's like holding it. He's a delivery guy, and the, the other guy's like the third picture is a guy opening his apartment door, taking it, and they're all just very visibly stoned. Uh, they <laughs> just totally don't know where they are, and um, the headline and article were both so funny to me just like it still it still is when i think about it like they just i don't know there's it's just these three guys who are out of their minds and they're all and then it's, it's there's some like you know expert person who studies these these matters who's quoted in the article and they're like at at no point did this pizza ever encounter a non-stoned individual (laughs) very troubling pattern of behavior in in our society we more, more people who aren't stoned have to order pizzas to expose them to different ways of life and stuff um so i love i love that and also um I don't know if this is just like my imagination in retrospect but like i feel like there's something distinctly 90s about that sort of um uh comedy that's real stoner mm. based you know like beavis and butthead is probably like the ultimate like burnout stoner. you know that that's the thing i think of when i think of that style of comedy but so it also gives me like some sort of nostalgia <laughs> yeah um,
0: it's cool the onions uh, really good about like high and lowbrow stuff of doing it all.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: And, and and people don't, you wouldn't necessarily think that unless you're like reading the website and whatnot. Yeah. They,
1: they kind of do everything. There's they're they've got really great political stuff, but also they've got just, uh, you know, cultural slice of life stuff. I, I, um, you know, they, they kind of, I think there's a very good mix. So that's a good, I don't know. It's like, um, I don't know what makes a good one. I, it's just, it's hard to explain, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and you've, you've also
0: contributed at ClickHole. Yes. How'd you get started with that?
1: Well, it's was through the Onion. They, uh, I applied for, uh, they they sent out like sort of a thing to the contributors who, um, to be like, if, if you're interested in applying for this new website that we're going to start, you know, here's how to do it. Um, And it sounded fun. So I applied and ended up just contributing there too. Uh, Clickhole's so funny, especially, I feel like lately they've, been knocking it out of the park for me I've, I, it's so fun I read it every day it's so it's so funny to me it's so a there's obviously a massive difference in
0: style yeah um but was there was it kind of a different way that you'd approach writing them
1: um I don't know it, yeah I mean I guess so um I didn't well one thing is uh, uh i was I was always less concerned with like word count for example with click hole headlines i I think they tend to be longer. They're more conversational, you know, than, than un, they're not parodying, um, news headlines. They're parodying like clickbait and those headlines are so just sound sillier, you know, um, and longer. And they, so, uh, and they've often got the little, um, phrase, you know, like colon and then yeah. the story. So it's, is a little looser in ways, just in that regard, trying to write them, um, and uh, so I don't know it was it, it was kind of a nice like change up, but it was always mysterious to me. like onion and submitting anywhere has always been mysterious like what 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 will be accepted and what won't. Every time I think I have it down i I miss and then mm-hmm. I'm like okay, well, I guess I gotta try again and so that was um, that's just all that was always been a thing for me for everywhere I've written mm-hmm. for um, how,
0: how do you How do you approach like writing a packet uh, in general?
1: Um, that's a good question I uh um, I there I'm sure you've interviewed people who've written more packets than me uh, so I, I wouldn't claim to be any sort of expert on it, but I think um, like try to read you know, and most of the packets that I've written were for like political um, shows. So, uh, you know, I try to, I try to stay up on politics anyway, but I would try to like, really try to find a good story, um, try to find something I'm interested in, um, and, you know, take a bunch of notes and, uh, then just, just throw a lot of time at it really. Like, and then especially like, you know, I, I don't know if this is true for everywhere, but, Typically for me, it's been like you get the the first round of the packet, you get, you know, a week to turn it around maybe. And then if you make it past that, then you've got like a day basically to do it. So um, I feel like you have a little more, obviously you have more breathing room the first time, but you also have more to write. So I don't know. I feel like just the quicker you can start getting ideas down and seeing where they're going, the the more time you'll have to um, refine it or figure out if it's going well or not. So, um, so um, I don't know. I feel like I, I I feel like I'm not answering this super well, but it's just, you really throw your, throw your time at it. Be, be on the couch and be typing and just be clicking on stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, take some time to clear your mind if you need to, but you know, when you've got the packet, that's gotta be it for you, you know, in in my experience. And then especially if you, if you've got the 24 hour turnaround, I, I just truly like barely slept for those 24 hours. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Which is, I mean, that's the way it is. You know, it's, it takes, <laughs> it's, they're hard to do. <laughs> so d- d- In
0: your writing, do you like to write uh, about pol- comedy, about politics and satire? Yeah. yeah I,
1: I like to, I, I don't, uh, but, uh, um, not only that, you know, it just kind of depends. Like, um, I've, I've written a fair amount of things about like Trump and, and, uh, but I, I also like to just write kind of silly things, um, that, that are totally, just either totally silly and random or, or, or like more, um, like cultural sort of things. I like making fun of advertising yeah. and that kind of thing. Uh, I've written, a f- like, a, I've written a couple things, uh, about that, that, uh, that's one of my favorite sort of areas, um, uh, social media too.
0: So, what are your favorite headlines that you wrote during your Onion and Clickhole time?
1: Um, oh, good question. I'm trying to see if I can remember some. Um, uh, one of my favorite Onion headlines. I did, I think maybe my best Onion headline was a uh, New York City a buzz over new resident. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that a lot. So it's like um so that you know that's that then uh, there was this whole article about just how everybody's interested in this new person who's moved in. Um I like uh there was one one that was early. Oh, my first one was um my first onion headline that, uh was uh it was after that Chilean miner rescue uh in Maybe it was 2012. I think, um, and I wrote a headline about that, and it was just uh, doofus Chilean miner stuck down there again, <laughs> and it was they they had a pretty funny picture of just a, a miner who was like, it's like guys, you got to get out again. So, um, I uh, that that was a big deal for me just because it was the first one that they took. Right. Um, but uh, um, I had one about. Uh, ri- uh, I'm trying to remember. Um anyway, those are two that I yeah. that I liked a lot. And then you know, click hole. Oh, my favorite ClickHole hole headline I did was this um one about uh it was called um I'm trying to remember the wording of it. It was like um, fr- so, someone is uh, someone has synced up the Godfather to the Donkey Kong soundtrack, and Francis Ford Coppola has vowed revenge. <laughs> and they did a, a funny job of like actually syncing up some scenes from the Godfather with like Donkey Kong oh, wow. Donkey that's Kong fun. country music. So I I thought I was very happy with how they did that. Um, so
0: uh, so let me ask you a question about that. So that's like one of those click-home ones where I look at it like and I think how did anyone come up with that? Like that's such a weird thing to uh-huh. come up with. Like nothing in the news, nothing like that happened. So like. I don't know how'd you come up with that headline <laughs>
1: um i uh i don't know i um i think it i think i was like i think i had noticed a trend and, and maybe click hole and stuff that they were publishing or maybe like in stuff that um uh or maybe it was like a thing i just noticed in the internet happening you know um but You know people like just mashing stuff up together you know Mm -hmm. like um you know um aggregating content and so forth and putting putting stuff from one outlet and and combining it with another and that so i was trying to think of funny things the funny potential combinations and and the godfather and Donkey kong are two sort of things i always liked you know growing up so maybe that's why my mind went to them and then i was and then the the I, and then I I don't I don't remember how I came up with it, but it was kind of just like oh how would it be, like how 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 would Francis Ford Coppola feel if this happened? Yeah, and yeah. It, it would be funny to me if he took it very seriously and got angry and was like I will have my revenge. Yeah. It. So um so it, that was kind of one thing about Clickhole. I felt like is they uh like they always find a way to like take a silly thing and then add another layer of right. silly onto it somehow. Um so. That's what I was like aiming for there, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know. It it's so, it really impresses me how they're able to do that and also keep it coherent. Um, so they're uh, I'm very. I love Clickle, and, yeah. You know, obviously. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned that you uh, you wrote for
0: McSweeney's and you've written for The New Yorker. Mm-hmm. How do you approach like writing those prose pieces? Do you like have an idea and then uh, think it's like the best vehicle for them, or just like it's our, <laughs> this is a prose piece.
1: Um, yeah, a lot of times it'll come from an idea and, uh, then like some, some pieces I've written came from like, uh, onion headlines that didn't get taken or mm-hmm. something like that. Like I'll be like, okay, how could I, how could I turn this into a longer thing maybe? Um, or, or other times I, you know, sometimes you'll just get an idea and then, you know, see, be like, okay, maybe there's, maybe there's a piece here, you know, but, um, it, it's, it's really just kind of like sitting down and, and writing and um, seeing seeing how it goes, you know. And and a lot of times, some, sometimes it's um, flows easier, and then other times it's like taking a while. But it's it's really the more you do it, it's uh, or I I found the the more you do it, the the easier it gets to see. W- the easier it is to see whether this is going anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, or should I just abandon this or try to think up something else? But but I always try to be, like, sort of thinking up, you know, ideas for pieces and that kind of thing and just, like, writing them down. <laughs> what,
0: what, what types of ideas do you think generally work well for, like, say, The New Yorker?
1: Um, well... I th- I'll just copy the answer I heard from uh Mike Sachs who uh, was another guy I met when he came to give a talk in college but he he's uh you know really good at writing this kind of thing and, and he was like the if you can write something that's like sort of um topical but not too topical you know ever, evergreen but sort of within the conversation within the zeitgeist or that kind of thing if you can sort of get at that you're you're in pretty good shape cuz um you know it by the time you get it done it could be a while before they run it so um if if you can kind of get in in that, uh, that spot you're you're in okay shape cuz it's if you're just submitting something that's about a new story that'll be gone in a couple of days it's it's likely that especially when you're first starting it's likely that that it won't get turned around in time if it gets accepted so um so like um i did a piece I, I had a piece recently called how to market to me. And that was sort of another one about making fun of advertising that just different tropes of, of advertising culture and that kind of thing. Um, so I, uh, I, I feel that's what I was aiming for. There was trying to like, okay, here's something that, you know, we hopefully a lot of people will be able to, to recognize and patterns that people see, you know, as they, um, as they're in the world and they consume stuff. Um, but at the same time, it, uh, doesn't have to go up the next day, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but other things are, are weird. Uh, mm-hmm. and just, they, you know, if the, if you, if, if the editor likes it and thinks it's funny and, you know, it could be very offbeat and it could still go up. So there's kind of no, it's hard to predict. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and for a lot of these pieces, you worked with a writing partner.
1: Yeah.
0: Evan. Evan. Former guest, Evan. Uh,
1: what's that like? Uh, he, it's great. He's, he's very funny. Um, I started doing that relatively recently in sort of the, in my time as doing this kind of writing. Um, and he's, uh, I think he's the only person I've ever written a piece like this with that I got published. Um, I really like it. He's, I mean, I think it all just comes down to, um, I mean, obviously you need to have similar sort of ideas about what's funny but also you just um he he's just a very nice guy and very you know he's a nice guy to work with um and we're so so we were we've been able to develop like a, a sort of system typically what'll happen is like one of us will have an idea for a piece we'll just have a google doc going and we'll sort of you know he'll take one of us will take a crack at a draft so draft one write some stuff and then the other person will make some notes and we will talk about it. And then maybe he'll do draft two in the same doc and we'll just sort of go down. And after a few drafts, we'll sort of hopefully settle on how, where it's going and how, you know, be getting close to submitting it. Hopefully. Um, Do you ever find one of you takes out the other person's joke, puts their joke in and (laughs) stuff like that? Uh, Not real. I mean, usually how it works is, is if we're like, I don't know if we need this or maybe this could be beaten, or something we'll just make a note and often i mean often we'll make the note on our own joke we'll mm. be like here's this here's where i'm going for that here's what i'm going for with it uh i don't know if it's getting across what do you think um uh how you know Here some ideas to make it better or whatever so it's all there, there's never any like um just like the, you know it, it's all it's all collaborative you know mm. it's not like it's not like you're trying to get one up on the other guy. Right. <laughs> also, he's just very good at writing stuff that I wouldn't think of to write, which is great. Like he, uh, we we had this piece about um, ways to fix the subway system in New York, and um, he the final like the the final two jokes I think were a pretty good combination of uh, of our styles because I, I wrote the second it was a list you know of like suggestions for fixing the subway so it's like a list piece. Um, the second to last one was kind of long. I kind of like that pattern of um ending the piece ends on kind of a longish thing and then final quick button at yeah. the end of the kicker um so not not like I came up with that. I just like it <laughs> you know um but anyway um he uh he wrote this uh um, he, I wrote this one about like basically New York devolving into anarchy and uh, like, you know, uh, lawless uh, hellscape of a place with no, you know, um, roving bands of whoever, you know, all that sort of thing. Just very bleak imagery, you know, like the road or something like that. The joke there was like, okay, now now crowded subways don't seem so bad, do they? You know, like things could be worse sort of thing. And then uh, his... Evan's final joke was just this two sentences. It was like uh, poke the conductor in the chest and say "Get it moving, Bob." <laughs> and that is not a joke I would have thought to write, but he wrote, I was like, "Oh, this is very funny. It's got to go, got to go in." Um, so he he'll he'll he's very fun because he's he for me because he just thinks of stuff that I I don't think I would have ever come up with that joke. It's so funny.
0: Would you ever want to work with a writing partner on something like bigger, like say like a like a pilot or like a movie or something? Yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I, uh, I'm not. I'm not doing anything actively like that right now. I, I am thinking of of possible longer term things I could maybe sell or something like mm. that. But I, I don't know. I, I'm really focused. I'm I'm just trying to trying to do my current job well right now, <laughs> um, but I do I don't know I my instinct is when I'm doing like a project out, outside of you know my job or something like that I, I my, my instinct is usually I uh, do it alone first and, and see how it goes because I um that's just how I've that's how I started doing it and that's what I'm a little more used to mm-hmm. but if you have a good partner uh, that's a great thing also he's very good at like um just sort of it's, it's kind of like exercising with somebody or, or doing, you know, somebody can keep you honest, you know, be like, Hey, let's, let's get going on this draft where, you know, so you, it's a little easier to um not let it just sit there forever, you mm-hmm. know, um, which I'm sure you've experienced. This can happen with stuff you write and, <laughs> and you just let it, let it sit. So, um, uh and you, you have a web series. Are you uh,
0: called beta knots?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, how, how did that start? i uh well it was it started because i i it's kind of i've let it die on the vine a little bit now but uh it's it's really fun and i it was really fun when I was doing it and i i may go back to it at some point but it's it's definitely a little labor intensive um but basically i started it my uh one of my friends from um college she was the editor of the record when i was- uh when i was managing my managing editor for it and we we were talking about, um, we were just kicking around like ideas for for web series or for something, and and we had, we were talking about astronauts and like what what if the idea is just there? She she was like, what if they don't even live near near uh, a NASA base though? They're just like in Santa Barbara or something, and because they, they're just like bad astronauts like they never get used to going to space so we settled on this uh, or didn't settle but i was like oh that's funny they're just they're astronauts they're not so bad that they get fired from being astronauts but they're bad enough so they never get used to go into space and it's like that's funny to me and i just sort of kept that idea in my head and uh at a certain point i was just like i should just make this everybody's got a web series i don't i like the idea of it being animated i don't know how to do animation but I, i'll draw it with crayon i'll just do it like stop motion some um and or not stop motion i guess but almost like storyboarded basically mm-hmm. just like you you see the person when that person's talking and um so and i like <laughs> i think drawing stuff with crayon is fun so <laughs> i and uh i had and and i didn't have a pilot and uh, so i was like i might as well write this and then i'll have a pilot you know um and it just became very fun it uh um, and then I had Melissa, um, you know, voice the the women. That was sort of the, the idea. Is I would just voice the male characters, and she would do all the women. Um, and uh, so we would just record it over Google Hangout, basically. Um, and um, I it, sorry, I forget the question exactly, but it was just, that was where the idea came from. Right. We were just sort of kicking stuff around, and um, I, it, it's fun to have like a sort of Thing that uh, you don't have to um, submit somewhere to get approved. You right. can just put it out there, you know, which is kind of nice because pretty much all the other writing I had done had, had there's some sort of gatekeeper on the other end mm-hmm. publishing it or not publishing it or something like that. So it's fun, but it's also more nerve wracking because there's no, you're the only one who thinks it's funny so far. You know, okay. if something gets published, at least you know somebody else likes it. So. <laughs> and, and, and how important is
0: it to be uh, making your own stuff?
1: Um, I think it's good to stay busy that way. Mm -hmm. Um, it, um, I, I have to say right now I'm, I'm doing less outside work now that I'm, now that I'm, uh, have a staff job, but I, you know, I only got the staff job relatively recently, so I'm still sort of in this, like trying to trying to do a good job at that, trying to stay up on the news, trying to like make my, you know, make myself useful in that way. Um, But then, uh, uh, and and then when I'm not working, I I like to take some time to relax and and get away from, from having to write, you know, a little bit. So, but, but before I was doing that, I, it was very important to me to be always working on something, uh, always have a piece going or always have, you know, I always you know be on the couch writing for a certain amount of time, pretty much every day. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's important for, for me. It's, um, it's taken for for me. Independent projects have taken a little bit of a backseat lately, but you know, I, I don't think it'll. It, it is important, I think, to always be making stuff and, and and to keep those muscles sort of in shape a little bit because you know I've talked to people, and they were like uh if you you know who've been doing comedy this sort of job for a long time, and they're like uh um, you know if, if you if you only do one sort of writing for long enough you you'll kind of you might atrophy and and mm. you'll you, you won't and 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 that'll be that'll be bad for you developmentally and it could be bad for your career depending on if you're if you gotta switch over to a new type of thing at some point or or whatever so it's it's always good to like be you know you can't let yourself get too complacent i think Mm -hmm. um but but it's a balance because you'll drive yourself crazy if you only you know you'll if you you'll or you may burn out or something if you're constantly having to like (laughs) you know you need to take some time to not do comedy i think like some of it like because then also you won't That's how you experience stuff doing them. So you know you. (laughs) If you're only doing comedy, you won't know much that's not comedy, and that's that could also potentially be bad. So I think it's just a balance. And so the staff job you're talking
0: about is at the opposition. Yes. Uh, How'd you get that job? Um.
1: Well, I I mean just sort of the normal way. I wrote a packet and um, I uh, I I I kept I kept in touch. Uh, with I, I I knew some people at The Daily Show um, and obviously Jordan Klepper was at The Daily Show. I, he wasn't one of the people I knew um, beforehand, but um, I just sort of just tried to be networking and, and sending emails and being like, hey, do you know when they're going to be looking? Let me, you know, And oftentimes when you send those emails, you, the answer is no, like they're not looking now, but sometimes it's yes. And, you know, just try to be an advocate for yourself and be like, I'm interested in submitting. Just, you know, just checking in. Um, and you know, that's the way I got the, uh, initial packet and just, uh, I just really tried to, uh, you know, take it, take it seriously, obviously. And, and just, um, you know, for that time that I was writing it, I just wasn't doing much else. You know, like, like I said, I, I think it's the only real advice I have packet wise is just like, you know, you have to really treat it like it's your job mm-hmm.
0: Um, and 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 that show hadn't started yet so like, how do you write a packet for a show that doesn't exist yet
1: oh yeah that's a good question um uh i don't know um in a way it was kind of fun because you could sort of make stuff up because there wasn't a, a sort of template um for you to to adhere to but but even if their show it did exist already i uh um i got some good advice from my friend matt Koff, who is a stand-up and also a daily show writer and uh he was like you know i was asking him for advice on a packet at some point maybe it was a different packet um but he was like uh you know it's kind of like a balance of of trying to try to do something in the voice of the show but but also if you can take a risk and take a risk is a cliche but if you can sort of like um Branch out and do something a little weird that might make your thing stand out. Show show something that you can sort of bring to the table that isn't totally in line, maybe with with what the show does in the past. That's that's a good thing to do too. So it's a kind of finding a balance of mm-hmm. of your own voice, but also the show's voice. So um, uh, so you know when I was when they sent out the packet, they they gave some um, <clears throat> you know uh description of sort of shows point of view and and that kind of thing so so it wasn't like you're just flying totally blind um but i just tried to like you know use what i knew of the sort of um media landscape uh, and and just um tried to make fun of it (laughs) basically you know that was uh so it wasn't that it wasn't that difficult and and um it, i mean it was difficult but it wasn't that difficult the, the reason it was hard wasn't that the show wasn't right, on right. yet it, it was more like um the difficult part was trying to come up with jokes and 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 make it all make sense and and having the logic of uh, sort of the path through the piece work out that that was something that is uh you know it's like doing that plus having jokes that are, that are going to stand out was, was hard for me. Mm-hmm. So it's just, um, I, I, uh, um, that's another thing that Evan and I will sometimes, you know, if we've got, I will sort of ask each other for feedback on, you know, what do you think of this direction I'm taking with this or whatever? So he's, he's been a very helpful, um, he, he was like a helpful resource for me in that way too. Um, but, uh, And the opposition, that was your first, uh, TV writing job. Mm -hmm.
0: So what was that transition like to that?
1: Um, it was a lot of fun. I, uh, you know, um, my first time in a room. So I had to learn, um, sort of how to, how to pitch in the room was a big thing that I hadn't really had experience with. So, you know, kind of getting more comfortable with that, um, working on pieces on tight deadlines with, with another person was something I hadn't really done before. So it was just a lot of like, a lot of learning stuff as I was doing them, but uh, it's a great, uh, it's a great group of people Um, and they're all very supportive and funny and and smart. Um, And uh, so, so none of that was, you know, it all, it was a very sort of fun experience getting to learn all these things. Um, But also you know, stressful because I hadn't done them before Mm and i you know, wanted to do a good job. So
0: what's it like, um, working on like a show like that where it's like every day, there's like a huge deadline.
1: (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's for me, it's probably, uh, I'm kind of lucky because my job is, um, as a staff writer, my job isn't managerial really, or, or, it's my I mean my job is is really fun I mean everyone's job I assume is fun but my job is fun because you know it's like pitch pitch things that I think are funny try to try to seize on stories and 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 pitch on stories that I think are funny and keep my eyes open for them and then just you know work with the sort of head writers and my partners and stuff and, and just try to um you know, turn in the best thing I can with the guidance that I'm given. Um, so it's like it's I, I thought it was going to be more overwhelming to do that than it mm. ended up being, you know, it's because writing a packet is so difficult and you're doing it. I'm like, how do, how do people do this every day, you know, but but once you're there and you've got people sort of that you're working with and and you've got there's a whole sort of support network at the show of everyone's sort of pushing to get this thing done. You know, it's kind of one of the nice things about being on a show is it's almost like everyone is this one goal. It's just, we got to get this thing on TV and we got to, we got to get this product, you know, product out there. So it's, it, it's, I guess I don't know what I'd say beyond other than it's just very, that, that sort of vibe, at least from my perspective, has lent the experience to being, supportive Mm, you know mm -hmm. um, and collab collaborative in a in a way that makes it easier
0: and so we live like in a crazy news cycle right now so (laughs) like how do you handle it feels like
1: it's getting quicker to me too does it to you like there's uh i don't know like i feel like you trump's been president for over a year uh i feel like stuff's moving quicker now than it was a year ago but maybe that's just my imagination
0: i think that's right i mean the the rudy giuliani thing already feels kind of
1: uh ancient i know and good. that was tuesday <laughs> it's a good example yeah it's like um yeah there's that and then something will come up and it's like the, the news is juggling so much
0: like the uh, trump's illegitimate children wasn't even really a story if that was the well, i mean that was i don't even know if that was true or not but which one's that didn't trump Did wasn't there a thing that trump had like illegitimate children am i wrong in that maybe i'm wrong
1: when was this? I don't this know. This was like I, a week
0: or two ago or something. I could I be wrong.
1: If, um, I don't know. I I, <laughs> I could be wrong and I'm wiping it from my memory. Um, I don't know. But like, how, how do you handle like
0: breaking news um, for, you know, for a show right before? Like if you have a huge story right before the show airs or tapes.
1: You know, we just try to try to tackle it as best we can. You know, it's like, I remember the, like you just um try to get try to get uh, you know get a lot of ideas out there and sort of just hit the ground running as best you can you know and and um but basically it's just like everybody's pitching ideas and uh, trying to uh trying to trying to turn it around and and all and, and work on it as best they can i guess um and and just i i don't know it's it's nice when a story doesn't do that because you just have a little more time on it, you know. But um, you just have to sort of roll with the punches, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, it's <laughs> that's another, you know, that's another reason I'm very glad that there's like a nice support sort of structure at, at the office that everyone's kind of you know mm-hmm. aiming toward the same goal of, of getting the show up. Um, so so when stuff like that happens, it, there's it, you never feel like. Or at least I only speaking for myself, I don't feel like I'm sort of on my own, you know, trying to trying to do it, which is nice. Yeah. And so, um, how do
0: you approach writing for a show where the POV is like a, a Breitbart kind of guy? <laughs>
1: um Well, I don't know. It's it's fun. Um it's I think it's really fun having a having a, a character that we can play with. Um just because it gives us a lot of um, a lot of opportunities that uh, that we we wouldn't necessarily have if uh, if we were just earnest saying things earnestly without the sort of veneer of um, coming from a different point of view. Um, so I, I think it's very fun. It's it just I think it you know. I, 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 um, it sort of opens up opportunities for just weird, weird character-based jokes that just mm-hmm. might not exist otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really enjoy it, um, and and there's cool little like things you can build into the character, you know, thanks to that, mm-hmm. that you know, become like details of the about you know this character that he plays, like his life, you know, like his family background and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just I, I really enjoy it. What would you like to be doing next? Uh, I don't know. That's that's a good question. I uh, I'm really happy at the show right now, so I I wouldn't say, um, I wouldn't say what I would want to be doing next. But um, I, you know, um, I, there' no, nothing specific because I really I really like being there, and I'm I'm not you know I I want to make sure I'm doing a good job there and and helping it you know, helping it succeed and, and that kind of thing and and, uh, but. Whatever, whatever I do next, I hope it's like this, and that I hope there's a good. Uh, I hope I'm with a, a smart, funny group of people who I like, and um, who, and I hope we're, I hope we're, we putting something out there that I believe in, uh, which, which we're doing now. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really just happy with the product that we have. So, um, I, you know, what, whatever it is, I, I hope it's something like that. Yeah, you know, it's uh,
0: awesome. Uh, Okay, so we're going to wrap up uh, with you giving your thoughts. Something I wrote a little different this week. Yeah.
1: (laughs) um, Can I bring it? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Don't mean to be shaking. No,
0: no, you're good. Um, So uh, due to my email being extremely unclear, (laughs) River read a sketch of mine before he came here. Um, The premise of it is, uh, for everyone, it's a funeral where everyone eulogizing references the fact that the guy had sex with a hole in his backyard. I I sort of pitched this one um to Scott Aukerman, <laughs> but I did a very poor job of explaining it. And so he never really uh, you know, got to the uh, the criticism part. If you're listening to this and you want to read the sketch, I'll post a link on Twitter under this episode. Uh so River, mm-hmm.
1: uh what did you what did you think? Um I think it's uh well, I like how weird it is for yeah. one thing. I think um I think it's great that um I think setting it at a funeral is, mm-hmm. a, is a very good, uh, you know, it's, it's good to have sort of a, a recognizable, understandable sort of, um, place. You, you kind of know, know how things go at a funeral. You've mm-hmm. got to speak. Um, so I, I like, I like the weirdness of it. I, um, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to bring up the, the PDF that you sent me. Oh yeah, no um, worries. I think I'm on the wrong thing here. So just bear with me for a second. Um, i'm just trying to read no thanks (laughs) um let's see um oh yeah so uh, yeah he's digging the hole to china um i uh i yeah i like how weird it is and how everybody's sort of like into the learning more about this what this guy was up to i think it just um i don't know i i'd hesitate to give like specific advice i'm sorry I, I hesitate to give like specific advice um but i think uh like um i remember like when naked and smoking a cigarette the, the, like i i didn't immediately read to me that he was like having sex, sex with the yeah, hole. Yeah. um and i was like why is he smoking a cigarette yeah. and, and why does she think he just came in that hole like um and and sort of the uh i feel like the audience uh reactions are like i You're i don't like know what I, crazy. I don't know what i would do with them but i feel like the audience like how, how really would the audience react to like um learning right. like what this would like i um also sketch writing is is i don't claim to be an expert at sketch mm-hmm. writing or anything like that I, I like it but i um you know i've never like taught it or anything mm-hmm. like that um, but i uh i wonder if there's like maybe like could there could a could a character like be someone from the audience maybe like if for me like thinking about things like that are, is sometimes helpful like oh so you mean you, know, you like, mean
0: like the, the the real audience not the like the No funeral. no the, the audience at the funeral oh, okay right, okay right.
1: cuz i don't think any of the the audience members are like like i wonder if like you think about like how like is there someone in the audience that might react weirdly to this or right. like be very offended by it like i um I don't know. Like, is there a sort of um, <laughs> like it's hard. Um, <laughs> um, like, is there? A, a, I don't know. I'm sort of agnostic sometimes on whether like how the need for like a quote unquote straight man. You know, mm-hmm. um, it seems like I think this one doesn't really have one. Uh, I guess
0: the the sister is kind of a straight man. Yeah but uh she's also she's also weird I guess too
1: <laughs> but i don't know if that's how necessary that is i um yeah. i i like the weirdness uh and i like the sort of um just i i like things that are unexpected and and sort of absurd in, in the mm-hmm. way that this is i think um i don't know i mean it's just uh i think writing this stuff is just a lot of times it's just like um just do a few drafts of it and just kind of see see yeah. what happens, you know. And then also, like, I don't know if you're in a position to to have this performed or anything, but also, I f- I feel like a lot of times that can probably be helpful. Just to be like, okay, like, what actually is landing? How 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 does this actually right. look when it's being when it's being performed? Does, you know, I think sometimes like a and this is my guess. I'm, I know, uh, but but I feel like there, sometimes you'll write something and then if you you know once you see it, it's like. Oh, does that reaction they gave feel super uh Does it feel right, you know, right, warm, right. that kind of thing? Um so anyway, um uh so but anyway, I I, I like the, the weirdness and, and the, the just the the absurdity of uh this guy's funeral being right. hijacked by his weird sexual fascination of the whole also the fact that he like fucked his way to the earth mantle earth mantle yeah. I, I i don't know if it's i don't know if that's too weird for me or not i um i'm sort of again agnostic on that but it is a, a good it's a bold choice you know it's it's kind of <laughs> yeah right uh, exactly all right cool thanks, thanks for doing that that's funny cool. stuff man yeah of course uh anything you want to plug um oh let me think um no, nothing, I don't think so. Nothing beyond the opposition. Um, and, uh, and thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, well, I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks for listening
0: to this episode of On Comedy Writing. I want to thank Nick Doss for supplying the sweet tunes, Zachary Glassman for giving us the awesome logo, and Borlock Audio for hosting us. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, and like and follow On Comedy Writing on Facebook and Twitter. See you next week.